Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Got a great show planned for y'all. We're going to be kind of doing a little bit of a mixed bag of topics tonight. Uh, Later in the show, we'll be talking about some dating relational stuff because it's a love line and that's what we talk about. But it's always changing, always evolving. But I wanted to start off the show talking a little bit about psychedelics. Um, We're not going to do much of a deep dive. It's a little bit of a, how do I want to say? It's not a warning at all. Um, Psychedelics are becoming a really important part of culture and mental health work. It's a little bit of things to consider. Uh, some people are just jumping into the deep end and I have some clients, some friends, people I know that are asking me questions about like, who is it for? Who's it not for? Should I consider it? And so I just wanted to do a very gentle, superficial discussion of it. Um, as always talk to your therapist or your primary before making any of these decisions. Uh, this is not meant to be medical advice. This is just a, a general discussion and, you know, at always at your own risk. One of the things I think is really important for us as consumers, consumers of everything and anything, food, uh, vitamins, um, you know, exercise plans, diet plans, mental health. You have to do your research. Uh, Yes, there is such a thing as expertise. Um, I definitely, you know, after doing a master's program, two doctoral programs and a massive certification program, I definitely have learned a few things and I like to think that I'm a scholar and an expert, but I can't speak to everyone's specific situation at all times. And we all do need to be educated. Um, You do want to trust experts and professionals, but you also do want to do some of your own research. And you have to be thoughtful. I'm not saying that Google and WebMD are perfect. In fact, a lot of the things you'll find online aren't, you know, appropriate or reasonable or specific for you. We're always coming from a great source. So you do want to look at who wrote this, who do they work for? What is their education? What is their training? I'm constantly working with individuals that are bringing in articles or sound bites that they saw on TikTok or, you know, a medium article someone wrote. And I'll say to them, what's the credentials or training or education of this person? And the answer sometimes is they have none. And I, and I have to say to them, well, then be very thoughtful. Just because someone has a, a platform or even a certain number of followers doesn't mean they have scholarship, expertise, or education in the area. Um, I know people, at least in mental health, we go through school, we do a practicum, we do an internship, we have to go through supervision, we have to pass a state licensing exam, and we have to do continuing education. It's pretty reasonable. Where other people just sometimes wing things, make things up. And so always check people's training, education, and credentialing to make sure that they have some in some capacity. I will never forget this. And uh, this, again, is about us being educated. Uh, I was at a pharmacy. Um, is that what you call it, pharmacy? Yeah, I was at a drugstore, pharmacy. And there was a woman, 
and she was looking at the supplements and she was picking up um, a general supplement that we've all heard of uh, falling under the realm of different vitamins and herbs. And on the bottle, it said, this is used to treat, let's say depression or insomnia. And her husband said, what are you looking at? And she said, oh, I'm looking at this thing to treat my depression or insomnia, whatever it was. And he said, yeah, but does that work? Is that actually what you need? Is that a high quality product? And she goes, well, of course it's, it's sold in the store and here it is. And I thought, wow, there it is. Um, vitamins and herbs are actually not regulated by the FDA. It literally says that on the bottle. It's just a very small print often on the back. And sadly, we believe that because someone has a website or they write a book or there's a vitamin that's produced on the shelf in CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, or wherever it is, that this means it's legitimized. It's been backed by some organization. There's been research done on it or testing, and that's not true. The FDA does not regulate vitamins and um, herbs. There could be who knows what in there. You also don't know what the dosage you need. You don't know the dosage that you need. I don't know how I said that. Um, so it's a really powerful learning moment where we need to do more research. Who put this out? Who's regulating this? How do I know what's in here? How do I know that this is for me? We want to always consult someone or something. And that powerful moment blew me away. Um, it's on the bottle, but in small print. And this consumer, understandably, wasn't educated enough to know that. But we have to stop just trusting everything. That because a restaurant serves this or because you know uh, a personal trainer told me I should take this supplement, that that means case closed, that this is smart or right for me. But even so, some people are doing it on their own. And I'm not knocking personal trainers and dietitians. Yes, they have education and training and experience. That's reasonable. That's meaningful. My point is, always do ongoing research. Just like when someone recommends a medical treatment or a surgery, they always say, get a second or third opinion doctors will acknowledge that they'll be like yes this is this is how i perceive this this is what i think you need to do however it's your body your life you need to do whatever else you need to do to feel confident in the decision making that you make because when we make a decision it's ours people can guide us give us advice but if we choose to do it it becomes ours and we're responsible for it i even say it to my clients i can counsel you i can guide you i can make recommendations but if you choose to go and do it it is your responsibility so make sure it makes sense for you, but this is how I see it. I'm a consultant, even though I'm an expert. You have to still live that life and you have to make that decision and you alone have to deal with the consequences. So before you pop that pill, do a little research because you and you alone are responsible for making that decision and for the consequences. And people can guide you and give the recommendation, but we have to take that power back. So when uh, we come back, we're going to talk about a few things to know before trying psychedelics for the first time. This is generalized. This is not right for everyone. Um, it's just things to think about. All right. So that's coming up next. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and just doing a very generalized superficial discussion of psychedelics and you know kind of giving you a few things to think about questions to ask things to consider if you are trying them for the first time um, I think that they have, there's a lot of growing research that supports their use, whether it is hallucinogens or uh, ketamine. Uh, we're going to start to hear about more and more different things. And there's just some things to consider because I have some clients and friends that have been like, yeah, I went to this place and worked with this person. And I'm like, what research did you do? Um, where did this person who's guiding you get their training? Where is the medicinal, you know, psychedelics that they're going to have you ingest? Where did they get those from? Have they been quality tested? Um, you have to ask a lot of questions. I was sharing with you in the last segment, this experience I had sitting in a drugstore, and I've had a lot more of these, but this is the one that's always in the front of my mind. And a woman just grabbed an herb off the shelf and said, great, it's in a bottle it's here. It, it's got to be good. It's got to be researched. And in fact, the FDA does not. <laughs> Um, in any way regulate or get involved in the, the selling of these herbs and, and, and whatnot. So you have to ask questions and you need to talk to a professional, do some research to understand if it's right for you, what you need to consider. So again, um, I, this is not medical advice. This is just me talking on an entertainment podcast about a topic. You have to make your own decisions. But a lot of people are interested in this and there's a lot of great outcomes. I'm working with some people that have done psychedelic um, and other medicinal herbs and, and, and medicines and have had really great outcomes. And I've worked with some that have had horrible ones. So I wanted to just do a general talking on it just to normalize because you're going to hear a lot of this coming down the road. This is an area of the field I'm not personally clinically interested in, so I'm not getting trained in it and I'm not offering it. I, I do have some colleagues that are and have been. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, at your own risk. So let's get into some of this. Uh, so, some of the most popular ones are uh, psilocybin, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I 
I'm not familiar with pronouncing these consistently. Um, sometimes, sometimes people look at them as just mushrooms. Uh, ketamine is used, also MDMA, which is ecstasy, LSD, ayahuasca, and also cannabis, medicinal marijuana used for anxiety, um, appetite, people have loss of appetite, pain relief, um, depression, anxiety, things like that. So each, each of these substances has a different unique healing property or benefit. And we're researching all of them. There's a lot of awesome research out there. Johns Hopkins University and other universities have started centers tracking, offering, uh, following up really, really, really good outcomes. Um, and these can serve as a catalyst for shift in thinking, neurological shifts and changes, um, creativity, Here's, here's a quote with MDMA shifts can occur that allow people to think past traumatic and other major life of experiences through a new perspective. Um, this is a psychiatrist uh, speaking, saying that for me, individuals will often describe suicidal thinking, simply melting away or fading into the background. Now, not everyone is going to have these immediate or powerful outcomes. I've worked with some clients who have done microdosing, um, ketamine treatments and other things, and they've had improvements in generalized mood others haven't been able to really identify what changes came others have had some symbolic representations and shifts and changes and there are people some really great people that are doing psychedelic integration work where after you do a, um, a ceremony or a treatment depending on where you go they can work with you collaboratively on figuring out what do i do next where do i go with this what meaning do i make out of this so there's a really great centralized and peripheral people that are trained and educated and how to help you through this don't just jump in don't please don't just order something on the internet please don't just take this thing that your friend took please don't just do what your friend did like this this, this there are risks that come with all this and we're going to talk about some of them um so it can go it's a continuum kind of like everything in life you know whether we're talking about roller coasters alcohol food things can go from easy and fun to more challenging complex traumatizing and dark and remember that um, it doesn't, these things don't always promise just positive, safe experiences. And some of the darker, challenging experiences can be very powerful, meaningful, impactful, and transformative. And so they have value, but that's why the container, the people you're doing it with, the person who's responsible and guiding you and where they're getting these substances from absolutely matter, absolutely matter. Um, so what the factors are that we have to think about are what, what drug are you taking? So what type of psychedelic are we even talking about? Each of them will have a different impact and based on your own experience of drug and alcohol use and trauma that matters and your current mental health state matters. The dosage matters. Do you know the dosage? Are you able to properly understand the dosage? I've had people talk about getting a bar that has a psychedelic in it and they're just randomly chiseling away or making arbitrary decisions as to how much to eat and they're assuming that it's evenly distributed. Now, one thing we've learned through edibles with medicinal and recreational marijuana is that it is not always evenly distributed. That there can, if you eat half of a edible gummy bear, well, there might be more in the one half or more in the leftover half. It's not necessarily always evenly distributed and your digestive system matters as to how quickly and how much of it gets into your system. We also know that the amount of preparation matters. The experiences you've already had matter. We know that the setting you are in matters. How safe do you feel with the people and place that you are doing this experience in? That absolutely matters. How you enter, just like therapies like that. How you enter therapy matters. Are you coming in feeling a certain way? How does the environment in which therapy is offered matter? The people you're with, do you know them? Do you feel safe around them? 
But more importantly, what's the mental health of the people you're doing this around? Because that will impact you as well and their experience of what you're all taking. Because sometimes these experiences are done individually in, in, a, in an expert or physician's office. And other times it's done a little outside of that professional realm with someone who has experience in these journeys. And it's done in a home or a space with a multitude of different people. Um, and how ready or willing you are to confront whatever comes up. But the goal is for your first experience and the ones after to feel safe and for you to learn. It's supposed to have a beneficial positive impact, not a negative or traumatic impact. So that all matters. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna keep talking generally topically about the topic of psychedelics. As, as time goes on, I'll drop deeper into it and talk more about it, but we're just kind of doing a little bit of a general, you know, education on it. Um, DMs are always open. So if you got a DM for a strap in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, question, topics, whatever you got, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back talking about psychedelics. Uh, this is not the final word on it. We're talking very generally. Please consult your therapist or an expert or your primary if this is something you're considering. Because we're talking about the fact that so many things matter as to how well this goes. <laughs> um, you know, what you take, psilocybin. I can't, I can't say that word. I can't say the word, I'm sorry. Ketamine, MDMA, LSD, ayahuasca, cannabis. There's so many different things that people can take. Um, and each one has a different unique healing property, benefit and outcome in terms of your mood, your perception. And these can be a catalyst for really important changes and shifting in your experience and past trauma. Um, but what really matters is what you take, the amount you take, how it was prepared, the setting you're in, the people you're with, how you're will, how able you are, or willing you are to deal with what comes up, but also the follow-up work. What are you doing afterwards to integrate that? There are great psychedelic integration professionals and experts that can help you work with it beyond. Um, these are things you want to matter. These are things that matter because you want it to be a safe, transformative experience. We're not doing this to make our lives harder. Um, now, depending on all of that, right? The people you're with, how safe you feel with them, and the environment, and whoever's guiding you, who you're working with, the dosage. All of that will impact um, your actual experience. For some, it's a very spiritual experience. For others, it's auditory. Some, it's visual. Some, it's bodily. And so what, what you can imagine or what you can assume will happen is hallucinations, changes in your perception of self, pain, or emotions, um, some shift in brain hormones, such as increased or decreased serotonin or dopamine. There might be a sense of euphoria. Um, you might see sounds or hear colors. Think about that, seeing sounds or hearing colors. Body temperature changes, change in your heart rate, blood pressure, and a little bit of a distortion or, or reorientation to both time and space. Those are part of the process. And when we know ahead of time what we might experience going in, it can soothe us. I haven't talked about that with non-psychedelic related things. If we know what to expect, when it happens, it doesn't scare us because we go, ah, yes, I knew this would be. I know that this is normal. I can soften and settle into this. This isn't a sign of danger because some of these things are traditionally signs of danger or lack of safety if you generally have a disorientation of time and space or your blood pressure or heart rate changing or body temperature, teeth grinding, or traditionally, if you see sounds or hear colors, for a lot of people, that's very alarming. So you wanna be aware of what it is you might experience because it might be unfamiliar and scary, but if you settle in and, and you can allow the process, it will pass with time, you know? 
Uh, but safety is always what we're worried about, which is why I wanted to kind of talk about this process. I just wanted people to be aware of the risks and to ask intelligent questions and to do their own research. We are responsible for our lives. Experts can only advise and counsel, but whatever decisions we make, we have to own. And it, it's the, we, we and we alone face the consequences. We, we can't blame others for misguiding us. We can to an extent, but we also have to do our own supplemental and complementary research to understand as well. I want people to be more responsible for themselves, not just say, well, they recommended this, so I did it. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so the risks. So there are certain mental health conditions or health conditions that would advise against or disqualify you from psychedelic use. Again, consult with a professional or your therapist or an expert, but if you're under the age of 18, um, if you have certain mental health conditions, this isn't advisable. If you have bipolar disorder, history of schizophrenia, not advisable, not for you. If you have a history of seizures, heart, liver, or kidney issues, it's not advisable. You're disqualified from this. If you take SSRIs or other mood stabilizers, again, this isn't for you because the dosage, the amount, the substance will be impacted by your SSRIs or mood stabilizers, and we can't say what's going to happen, and we're not prepared for that and it can have a negative adverse reaction. Um, also, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. There's, a, there's, other, there's other things to consider, but these are the main ones. These would disqualify you. Um, also, if you're taking any other drugs, anything else that's a prescribed medication, also using cannabis, also drinking alcohol, that can affect your experience. Um, so you have to check in specifically with the exact medication you're taking. Um, yeah. Um, that's why you want to be working with someone who's educated enough to understand that, to be able to tell you what you need to rule out, to let you know what disqualifies you, to let you know what you have to do to prepare. These aren't just things we want to just come sliding into. And that's why I said just getting it off the internet or getting it from your friend or doing what your friend did or this thing you read on a blog post, in my mind, not advisable. Safety first, because this is supposed to be a positive and transformative experience. So you want to set yourself up for that to be able to happen. But in today's day and age, we can get anything we want on the internet. And so sometimes people are just like, bam, 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 sounds good, I'll do it. I'll figure it out on the back end. And it's led to some adverse reactions. I have had clients enter my practice telling me that the um, some of the symptoms or some of the parts of the journey or experience have not subsided or that now, weeks out from having done it, they are still hearing and seeing things. And that's why, again, it's important to work with someone who is an expert in this and not your friend. And I can't speak to the people that are offering these services, but I'm aware of some people that rent houses and come to the States and they say, you can come journey with me and I will guide you and lead you. And they've really taken advantage of the individuals while on these substances and had poor boundaries, didn't give them appropriate care, containment or aftercare. So you really have to ask a lot of questions. Um, coming up next, though, we're going to be doing some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. And before we get to the DMs, uh, I might start dropping some uh, random gems before the DMs. I think sometimes the uh, segments are very topic heavy and it's nice to kind of weave in some other stuff. Uh, I have a lot of clients that are single out there in the dating world, even those that are already married and in relationships. We talk a lot about secure attachment and that's about forming a primary partnership where someone becomes a safe haven for, uh, which is a place for you to return to in tough times and a um, secure base from which you can go out into the world knowing that someone has your back and is encouraging you. And ideally, if you're dating, you're looking for someone who has what we call a secure attachment style, which means they are confident and comfortable in close, intimate relationships. 
and uh, they're looking for a primary partnership. And the way we assess that is, and I've said this before, we're looking for someone who is consistent, reliable, available, and responsive, which means that is also what you wanna to try to offer someone to indicate to them through your behavior that you are interested and you are present and uh, you are truly available for partnerships. So again, it's consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. And that's what we're looking for. If someone is not consistent, that means they're not interested or not really available for a primary partnership, consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. Those are the qualities, again, you're looking for in a partner. It takes a little bit of time to assess that, but that's also what you, what you want to offer. And anything less than that is, you know, maybe someone looking for something more casual, not interested, or maybe someone who has a little bit of an avoidant or maybe anxious style. So those are the key terms. All right, now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I just broke up with my girlfriend. She wasn't emotionally supportive. Something would happen to me at work or in my life and she would basically tell me to get over it because bigger things were happening in the world. The more and more I think about it, maybe she was right. What's the line between being selfish and actually showing up emotionally? It's a really important question. And it's funny that I literally said what I just said. You want someone who's reliable, available, consistent, and responsive. So in that way, you'd want someone who's reliable and responsive. It is mentally and physically imperative to have people in our lives that can show up and be supportive for us. When we are going through difficult times, it is not selfish to rely on your partner or the important people around you. That is called co-regulation. Co-regulation is what we need. We need access to it. Our nervous systems and our brains are not meant to function on their own. We need family members, friends, and romantic partners to help co-regulate. Co-regulation, the support, regulatory support of another person when you can't regulate yourself, is far superior to self-regulation. Regulating on your own will never be as soothing as the support and care of someone else. Naturally, when we're struggling, we always turn to someone else. And when you notice someone struggling, you think you wanna lean in, put your arm around them, you know, within consent and, and appropriateness. But think about it. if you're in a partnership or a close friendship and someone's crying or sad, you turn towards them, you look at them, you open up your body language, you wanna maybe put your arm around them or put your hand on them. That is part of that. So there is nothing selfish about wanting your primary partner or someone important to you to be emotionally available for you. In fact, anyone who's trying to dismiss, illegitimize, deny, or suppress emotions has some work to do. We are all about mental health and emotional health, and there's nothing wrong with having feelings. Yes, there's a lot of really big things going on in the world, but you can both have had a rough day and want the support of your partner while also acknowledging that there are important things going on in the world. We can do both. And our nervous systems and our brains, they are social organs. They are dependent upon the support and presence of others. So keep asking for that. In fact, require that. I'm glad you've left that relationship. I don't want people to be in relationships with people that aren't able to tolerate emotionality. Emotions are important. And, um, it's very shaming and pathologizing of a healthy system when someone tells you, don't feel that, let it go, move on. We don't wanna suppress our emotions. We also don't want to amplify and catastrophize them. We wanna be in the middle, which means we feel our feelings fully and totally, but we deal with them appropriately. And going to your primary partner is absolutely the appropriate response. So if I was working with you as a couple, I would have been working primarily with your partner uh, to help understand where this sense of emotional shame has come from and how to kind of resolve that and how your partner can learn to be more tolerant 
of someone else's emotional experience. And I'm assuming that they were also kind of shaming with their own. It tends to go hand in hand. All right, that is that. If you have a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. Always want to hear from you and uh, we'll be right back. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're just kind of talking a little bit more about psychedelic use, just so everyone has a little bit of an idea as to if it's right for them, what they need to consider and uh, just taking care of themselves. So we were talking about some of the things to expect so as to not get scared. That's really important to know it's coming. Some of the symptoms you'll feel as part of the experience of using psychedelics are, are traditionally associated with things that should make you alarmed. And so it's a re, reorientation to our relationship to that, right? Uh, but I was also talking about those that traditionally this is not recommended for. And again, seek consultation and talk to an expert. But if you're under 18, if you have certain mental health conditions, this isn't right for you, like bipolar, schizophrenia, uh, medical issues like a history of heart, liver, or kidney issues, seizure disorders. And if you're taking any mood stabilizers or an SSRI, this is not for you. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding or if you're trying to use cannabis or alcohol or other prescribed drugs at the same time. Um, and you want to understand what that window time is. Some drugs have a longer half-life, which means there's a significant amount of it that will remain in your body after having last taking it, taken it, and you need to understand that. You might say, oh, well, I haven't taken that medication in a few days. It might still be powerfully in your system and therefore rule you out. You need to understand and be able to ask those questions. So you have to work with someone that can answer that and understands that and, and will ask you that, actually. Um, <clears throat> prioritize setting and... Um, I think that's important because again, these are supposed to have fun, transformative impacts, supposed to be positive. Uh, there are keys though to think about to reduce the harm. First off, the experts say is mindset. Consider your intentions. Why are you taking the psychedelic? And what are your levels of preparation? I'm telling everyone, don't just go flying into this hot. Do your research. Research what I can expect. Research what are good intentions. Research who's the person that is offering this. What are other people's experience of it? But your mindset matters. That, that's pretty legit for anything. Even I say that with dating. Know your intention as you're entering the date. Ground yourself in a goal and an intention. Be aware of what you're entering into and why you're there. Be guided by that. Your mindset matters, those intentions. Setting, the environment. You want a safe, comfortable environment. Ask questions about the environment. Make sure it's the right one for you. For some people, a clinical office is too cold and sterile. For other people, to be doing it in a home with a bunch of people they don't know doesn't feel safe or containing. Maybe you want to spend some time with the people or the person offering it first. But the setting absolutely matters, as does your mindset, as to why you're doing it and how you enter. The substance that you choose and take specifically also matters. Um, why are you doing that one? Ask yourself, do I understand what each one offers and what, what I can expect from each one? Um, or am I just winging it? Each one has a different mode. Find out and figure out why. And dosage matters. And you have to take the right dosage based on your need and what you're seeking. We generally advise, kind of with everything, start low, go slow. Say that with everything. Um, and if you've had an experience, you've only had one, that doesn't mean you can apply that to everyone else's. And that's why your friend's experience is not necessarily going to be yours. In fact, everyone tends to have a very distinct, different one. Um, that's why you want to work with someone who's trusted and trained. These things matter. And I keep saying over and over, educate, 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 and consult some of these programs that have um, training, that have procedures, that have research, and that have really created something structured. Um, 
asking, I love this one as well. This is advice from professionals in this area of psychedelics. Always ask the practitioner that you're going to work with about potential plans if there's a mental health or med medical emergency. That's the first question. So while we're doing this, if there's a physical or mental emergency, what is the plan? And then the follow-up that is equally, if not more important is after hours, after the event is over, after I've gone home, what plan is in place for me if I then have a mental or medical emergency? I've worked with clients, brand new ones, who came to me because after they did the journeying or the experience, that person provided nothing further and they had after effects and they had nowhere to go and they came to me. I am not an expert in this. I had to try to find them a referral to someone who was. I don't work with this. I'm not familiar with this. They didn't know any, they didn't know where to go. The person they worked with didn't have any resources to provide them with. That is not okay. So you wanna ask them again, what is the plan if there's an emergency physically or mentally during, but also afterwards? Um, there are resources, resources that exist, but you know, we, they don't always know them. And then you just have to kind of trust the process after you've done that work and really kind of loosen into it. Um, so what are signs that you're a good candidate for? Cause I don't want this just to be, you know, scare tactics. Um, and again, this is coming from a researcher. I like this. They said, you know, you're a good candidate if you're willing to face the parts of yourself that you don't like, because often that's what emerges. So you have to be willing to face some difficult, dark things. That is why some people actively seek this. So your willingness to do that matters. It's not just gonna be daisies, roses, and unicorns. Also, this is right for you, you're a good candidate, if you're ready to release thought patterns, emotions, and behaviors that no longer serve you. That I, that's, that's something I also say to my clients in therapy. Are you prepared to do the difficult work of changing your relationship to thought patterns and emotions and behaviors? If so, this is right for you. Um, all right, we're going to come back and keep talking about this. How do you know that this is right for you? But uh, DMs, always open. We're going to be closing out the show with them. So if you got a DM for us, a question you have, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back to, drop it in the DMs. Uh, you're helping others as you're helping yourself. So put them in there. Always confidential. Love to hear from you. And past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, reshare, re-listen. Always good stuff. But we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Audio. Stick around, y'all. All right, y'all. We are back and we're talking about psychedelics. This is not the final last word. Please do education, talk to experts, ask questions. You want to be a, uh, an empowered consumer. Talking about all the different things to consider, although again, um, got to do your own research. And we are saying that it's not for everyone and we're talking about who it is for. There are some people that are disqualified due to current mental health issues or physical issues based on their age, maybe they're pregnant, medications they're taking. We were talking about the fact that it's important to consider your mindset and your intentions. Why am I doing this? How am I feeling upon entering? The setting matters, the people that are there, the substance you take, the dosage, work with a professional. And uh, this is who it is for, those that are willing to face the parts of themselves they don't like, people that are ready to release thought patterns, emotions, and behaviors that no longer serve you. Also, if you're willing to step into the unknown, that's a big one. It's gonna be a lot of changes, a different orientation to time and space, your body temperature might change, your blood pressure, pressure might elevate, you might start to hear colors and see sounds, 
hallucinations. That is why people ingest this, to have a different experience and to connect to different parts of themselves, a higher self, a deeper self, a different self. So you have to be willing to step into that unknown. And that's why safety and education is important. Feeling like you can let go into that experience means you have to trust the person who's guiding or running this. You have to trust the other people that are around you, what we call the container. And you have to be educated on what you're taking and what to expect from it. We also were talking about the fact that you wanna ask the practitioner who's guiding this, what is in place for emergencies, mental health or physical emergencies, during, but more importantly, and also after, what resources can I utilize? Not all therapists are able to help them with this. I'm not, I'm not someone who takes on psychedelic clients. It is not in my wheelhouse. I'm not an actual expert to be practicing outside the scope of my practice. We only work with clients that are within the scope of our own training and practice. Um, who else is this right for? This is right for someone who's ready to let go of expectations around what it should look like because we don't know. There is, there is an unknown to stepping into this. You're committed to a long-term process of growth and healing. And finally, if you're respectful, open-hearted, open-minded, and willing to surrender to the process, got to be able and willing to surrender, but you got to feel safe and educated and empowered to be able to trust the container and the practitioner to let go. Um, now, Dun, 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 dun. It's important to remember that psychedelics are not legal throughout the United States. While a few cities have decriminalized them, there are some cities, these cities are in the few and far between. So you have to really think about the legalities of this. Um, again, this is not across the board. Like, like marijuana, there are some states where there are different laws around it. And then in some places, it's still powerfully illegal. So I want to just acknowledge that um, each state has a different relationship to this, whether it's decriminalized or not. Um, safe legal ways to engage. You want it to be safe and you want it to be legal. Always, 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 always has to be legal. Um, so what are the options? You can try psychedelic assisted psychotherapy with a qualified therapist, PAP, uh, psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. You can journey with a professional guide, um, in a country where it's legal. There are countries where the people fly to where it's legal and they'll work with a guide. Uh, you can go on international retreats, again, where they're legal. A lot of people will leave the country for medical procedures and medications and treatments that aren't legal in the US. There's nothing unethical about that. Um, other countries' processes are just as legitimate as the United States. Just because the United States hasn't gotten on board with something doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. Uh, I'm not advocating either way. This is at your own risk. Um, I'm not weighing in on my opinion of this. I'm just sharing the information. Uh, join a clinical trial. There are lots of amazing universities or organizations that are doing clinical trials, and you could be a part of that, and that's a way to do this. Um, or you can go to different directories for ketamine clinics. There are ketamine clinics that are offering that procedure. Um, yeah. So again, it's at your own risk. Empower yourself, educate yourself. This should have a positive impact. We're not stepping in or doing these things to make our lives negative or harder. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel empowered. I want everyone to get the healing that's necessary because the traditional methods of medication psychotherapy aren't necessarily working for everyone. That's why I always support supplemental or complementary processes. Um, so many different ways to heal. A lot of people in my practice use spirituality. Um, or folk medicine or indigenous medicines, all different kinds of practices. Just because it's not the standard American way doesn't mean it's illegitimate or wrong. And legal stuff is catching up with, you know, where the field is moving. And the field is moving powerfully towards finding, you know, psychedelic and other, you know, non-traditional methods of healing. I think it's awesome. Constantly learning about this stuff through my clients, the things that they're seeking out and they're educating themselves on. Um, I offer what I offer, but it's kind of like if you're working with a personal trainer who just traditionally does weightlifting, um, they would love to hear that you're also maybe working with someone who does yoga or gyrotonic or Pilates. Those things are as legit 
And same thing with um, nutritionists. They work with people that are vegan or keto or vegetarian or whatever it is. You know, different different ways to get to the same place. And everyone has a different path. And for some people, the newest, latest, greatest is very exciting to them. But the problem with that is it's a shiny new object and we can get overexcited and hear friends or family members having great experiences. That doesn't mean we will or that it's right for us. And that's why I keep going back to make sure it's legal, make sure it's safe, make sure you feel empowered, make sure you're asking the right questions, make sure you're taking care of yourself because it should have a positive impact on us. Um, so, you know, just be thoughtful, some warnings that come with that. But that's the same thing with any medical treatment. Always get other opinions and do some of your own research from qualified sources. Make sure they're qualified sources. We don't just want to like, you know, we're putting this stuff on our bodies. It matters. Um, all right. Coming up next, we're going to keep the conversation going. But uh, DMs, we'll be closing out with some DMs. DMs are for any questions you got. While you're asking a question for you, you're helping other people. They may be wondering the same thing. DMs are also for topics, things you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. That's on our Loveline IG page. You can drop them in there at any time. Send us some love as well. Always happy to hear that. And if you want to check out past episodes of the show, because it's about unlearning and relearning some important stuff and repetition and practice is so, so, so important for us to build in these concepts. Go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can then binge, post, reshare, re-listen, you know, share the goods, drop those gems on the other people in your life, you know, so send them a little gift, a little mental health gift, you know, a little link. Um, but that's where you want to go for that. But stick around though. Um, we got more to come, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. So uh, stick around. Oh, Rachel, we are back. And before the break, we were talking about psychedelics exclusively. And I just wanted to kind of come back and hit another topic about complementary, supplementary, and alternative healing practices. So many of them are out there. And I want us to culturally get a little more supportive and familiar with them because I have clients that have come in having done all sorts of different things and they've been really supportive or helpful or meaningful. And, you know, there's there's some sub areas of my field that are really great. There's, you know, EMDR, which is used for processing trauma. There's art therapy, there's music therapy and sand tray therapy, which is born out of Jungian therapy, um, guided imagery. There's meditation practices. There's, uh, there's so many beautiful things that we can use to heal, to build confidence, to deal with trauma, to work with our unconscious. There's people that do dream work. So I want to just really support everyone in doing some research and saying, what are alternative ways that I can also go on my healing journey that I can fold into my uh, mental health practices. You know, again, always do research, make sure they're coming from reasonable places where whoever you're working with has some training and education. Some people just slap up a website. I'm sorry. Yeah. They slap up a website and they don't necessarily have training or education. I've God bless seen some people where in their bio, all they have to share is that they've read a, read a bunch of books. You can do that on your own too. And you're trusting their ability to understand what they're reading. But with people that are professionals and have done training and educational programs and certifications, it's monitored, it's tracked, it's comprehensive it's of high quality. So just think about that. I'm seeing a lot of people throwing up YouTube pages and TikToks and clients referencing these pages. And they're just random people talking like they're an expert and they get a lot of views and people assume that that's accurate and that's appropriate. And so again, just be thoughtful. But having said that, I do like alternative forms of learning. I'm a big fan of it. Some of my favorite people don't have traditional paths or educations and yet they're doing shamanic work. They're doing dream work. They're doing art therapy, music therapy, psychedelics. 
all, all beautiful ways to be on that path. A lot of people fold in spiritual practices and my field is just really, really slowly letting loose and allowing some of that in. Um, and my clients have been really helpful in, in getting me to have a better understanding and to be more supportive. And so I wanted to just acknowledge that the field is always growing and changing and it's expanding out. I love the, the fusion of some Eastern mindfulness. I always use that stuff in my work and that's born out of Buddhism and Eastern psychology and philosophy. Awesome stuff. And the field of psychology is only a hundred plus years old. It's a baby. And all these other spiritual practices have thousands upon thousands of years of research and thought put into them. It's quite extensive and it's very reasonable. And so the field of psychedelics is definitely the wave of the future. People want more powerful, meaningful, deeper forms of therapy. Uh, talk therapy is awesome. It's healing in its own right, for sure, because we're relational beings and it's within relationship that our traumas occur. Therefore, it's within relationship that we're healed. And so I will never just support the use of medication alone or psychedelics alone. That doesn't help heal the relational part. It can't. It literally requires us to be sitting in relationship with our nervous system and our brains to be connected to others to heal those parts and work through those parts. So that's a mandatory center point. That's why these other things are supplementary and complementary. Please don't do psychedelics or take a medication and think that's it. No, that will only medication specifically treat a symptom. But that doesn't shift your mental health or your mental well-being or your interpersonal relating. That is something we work through in talk therapy. So make sure there's always psychotherapy at the center point of this. Even people in recovery, like with a sponsor in meetings, awesome, go to meetings, work with your sponsor. Your sponsor's job is only to walk you through the steps. They're not a therapist. They don't have any better understanding of life and the world. Go work with a therapist first and additionally have your sponsor and your program. Additionally have all these other supplemental things, but I always want to remind you to bring that back to a qualified licensed therapist of any kind, a marriage and family therapist, licensed clinical social worker, licensed psychologist. They're all the same. They're all trained. They're all certified. They're all knowledgeable. Um, in theory, <laughs> in theory, um, not everyone can work with everyone. I've always acknowledged that on the show. I cannot work with everyone. Our temperaments might be different. Our goals might be different. I work the way I work. That's not what everyone wants. It's not the right way for everyone. I'm sex positive. I bring in a lot of mindfulness. I'm very relational. Not everyone is ready for that or wanting that. I acknowledge that. But I am trying to legitimize alternative, non-traditional forms of healing. They do have a lot of, they have a lot to offer. They are very valid. And the field is definitely, finally, giving them a little bit more of a warmer welcome. And I've seen some really great outcomes for clients that have engaged in those processes. And I'm here for whatever it is that has a positive healing impact, truly. If it's positive and it's healing and it's helping, then there's something to it and we wanna give it some care and attention, you know? Um, so maybe branch out, push on your edges a little bit, maybe talk to your therapist about some other secondary or tertiary things they can fold in or do to complement or supplement the work. Um, and us as therapists have to be aware of what those resources are as well. So we can also help connect our clients because we want what's best for them. That's literally our job. You know, what will best help this person and then getting on board with that. All right, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's questions you got, topics you want covered, something you maybe want us to circle back to. And we are channelq.com. So you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. You can binge, post, reshare, re-listen because it's all about repetition and uh, maybe send some of those episodes to other people, not in a patronizing, weaponized way, like, yo, you're a mess, listen to this, so they can get called out, more in a, hey, we were talking about this, or I thought this might be helpful or supportive, check it out. We'll be back there, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, stick around.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I listened to your show about finding the differences between red flags, pet peeves, and deal breakers. You left that part out. It's red flags, pet peeves, deal breakers. But I have a specific question. See, I like this. People circling back, bringing us back to a topic, asking clarifying questions, y'all. Keep doing that. And again, if you have a question or clarification, DMs on our Love Energy page. So anyway, you, here's your question. You said, I've been dating this guy for two months. And I knew when I met him that there were certain red flags I couldn't get past. Okay, so the question is, are those red flags, and this is what we're going to dive deeper into, are those red flags deal breakers, meaning things you should bounce for, or are those red flags things that after you've kind of tracked them, you realize might be an annoyance, a frustration, a pet peeve, and that's just kind of what it's about being with another human being. Back to your question. You said, when I met him, I knew there were red flags. I couldn't get past. All right, let's see. But the sex is great. <laughs> There's always the hook. That's the trap. But they're hot. The sex is good. <laughs> they make me laugh. Uh, so there's red flags, but the sex is great and you get along as friends already. That's pretty beautiful. It's a lot of levels of compatibility. That means socially you're compatible, emotionally you're compatible, sexually you're compatible, but I never saw it as anything more. Now I'm starting to develop feelings for him, but I really don't think I can get past the red flags. We have a good understanding where we are now, but I do feel bad that this is kind of our peak. Can red flags be overlooked? Oh man, you're killing me. I really wish you had shared with me what the red flags were so I could challenge them if I don't think that they're a reason to leave someone or really kind of affirm that they are. So you make your question very tough. You're not giving me much to work with. I'm gonna say it like this. Based on the little bit you've told me, I think you should stick around and be with this person. You said that you are good friends, you enjoy them friendship-wise. Again, that's social compatibility, emotional compatibility. That's what I'm assuming. And you said the sex is great. So that would indicate that there are some things about their personality that are annoying or frustrating. That's part of life, man. You gotta deal with that. Everyone comes with those things. If we're not willing to deal with some annoying, frustrating pet peeves, then what we literally are saying is we want perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. 
I don't want to illegitimize or downplay what the red flags are, but since I don't know, I have to. <laughs> um, if this person is verbally or physically abusive, which they're not, because you said you emotionally get a well, get along well, I would say deal breaker, move on. If they had an undealt with addiction or mental health issue, I'd say move on. If they're dealing with their addiction or drug or mental health issue, that might be something you kind of red flag, which means you get a little more information, stick around, find out more, track it. Um, so I'm not really sure what we're talking about. I would love to know. So how about you circle back, drop in the DMs, your follow-up, because I'd love to know what they are. There's a lot listeners can learn from in hearing what they are, and we can problem solve that. Because um, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. <laughs> But um, I love that we're constantly talking about this topic because it kind of goes with the emotional regulatory topic, which is a lot of things in our lives, we crank that knob up. And even though they should be a level two or a level three, which is the level of that was annoying, that was frustrating. Oh, didn't want to see that happen. That's a bummer, which has a little bit of a softness. Uh, we crank a lot of things up to like a seven and eight or a nine. You know what I mean? Someone cuts us off in traffic. Oh, it's a nine. We're screaming. We're angry. Nope. That's a two or a three. Chill. Oh, the line at Starbucks is longer than we wanted. Oh my God, we crank it up to an eight or a nine. Nope. Chill. That's a two or a three. Bring it back down. We often do that with relational disappointments as well. We crank that bad boy up. Oh my God, the way they eat or chew. Oh my God, they stay up too late. Or oh my God, they fart a lot. Yo, crank it down. Grow up, deal with it. That is part of life. Oh my God, they're vegan. Crank it up to an eight or nine. Nope, that means they have awesome morals and ethics. Crank it back down to two or three. Um, we have to learn how to work with humans, which means compromise, absolutely, which means disappointments, absolutely, which means having to be disrupted. We know we're in a relationship when we allow disruption. Again, relationships aren't about someone being dropped in seamlessly to the structure of our lives and everything goes on as usual. No way, man. You move on to a second version of your life. You have the life that you lived while single. When someone else is brought into it, we evolve into a new version and a new structure as a result of this person's presence and influence. We want to allow that impact, that disruption. That's a good thing. All right, y'all, that is our show. Past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. You can binge, post, reshare. We'll be back tomorrow night, so join us then. Got a question? Drop it in our DMs. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And 
you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.